The longing begins in the beginning. In the book of Genesis, God scoops up the dust, fashions it into God's image, and breathes life into its nostrils and calls this little thing earthling. So the next time you pray alone in your closet, as Jesus prescribes, imagine God creating you in just this way. Imagine yourself as primordial dirt, whether rich sandy clay or rich black humus, but formless and void. A divine hand takes a handful of soil and sculpts you into yourself, presses your heart into place, tints your skin and Jackson Pollock's your eyes and breathes breath into your nostrils and then ignites you with a pulse. Imagine it. Consider how much patience and care went into knitting you together. See with how much love you were created, redeemed, sustained. Whose creature are you, dear earthlings? Your gods. Sink your hands into the soil and remember from whence you came, from the beginning, you belong to God. And then belonging is reaffirmed in the crescendo of Israel's story with God. The gospel according to John makes it plain. Jesus tells one crowd this, This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing at all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. And to yet another crowd, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. All. Give them time. But all. And on the night he gives himself up for us, the evangelist reminds us that it was to fulfill these words. I did not lose a single one whom you gave me. Across the revelation of the Old and New Testaments, the record repeats this affirmation again and again with authority and confidence. We belong to God. All the way to the end. John the Revelator. Now, I've told you before, don't be afraid of Revelation. Lots, it uh, depends on which bookstore you go in. There's lots of books that tell you what Revelation really means. Well, I'm going to tell you how to read Revelation. Read it like an adventure. Read it like you sit down and watch Harry Potter or The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings. Or if you're a kid from the 80s, The NeverEnding Story. It's full of signs and wonders and blood and fire and smoking mist. It's poetry. It's beautiful. Don't be afraid of it. Because John the Revelator concludes his magisterial testimony replete with dreams and visions, and with a vision of cosmic belonging. John hears this voice, thunderous and clear, so thunderous it must have left cracks in the windows of his little hermitage there on the Isle of Patmos. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
Death will be no more. Mourning, crying, pain will be no more. For the first things, the great ordeal in which we live now will have passed away. And something new has come. The good things have been salvaged, but something completely new comes down out of the sky. These are the conditions of the new Jerusalem. A new sky, a new earth. A new city descends. Its inhabitants live without fear. They know fully now, even as they're fully known, that they belong to God and to each other. Now, I'm indebted to scholar Willie Jennings for pointing us to the word belonging helping me see it in the scriptures in a way I've never seen it before. By belonging, he does not mean membership in a club or inclusion in a group or a tribe. Rather, he means true communion, what we're about here, what we're really about. On the one hand, he means true communion with creation, with land and place. As Flannery O'Connor said, uh, somewhere is better than anywhere. You're from somewhere. One of my kids once asked me, Daddy, is the reason you say ain't because you're from Henderson? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I'm very proud of this. Jennings tells a story of how when he was a child, every spring his mother would invite him out to their backyard garden and and she'd say, now, Willie, I want you to plunge your hands into the soil. And he'd put his hands in the soil, and he'd say, well, my, well i got to put my hands in the soil like this. And she'd say, because I want you to remember where you came from and to whom you belong. But he says, belonging also means true communion with other human beings. So with God, with creation, with each other, we belong to each other. It's this belonging springs from the Holy Spirit's leading us to dwell together, opening our hearts to each other, to people we wouldn't otherwise know, maybe some people we wouldn't otherwise want to know. And yet the Holy Spirit has brought us here like no other power can. When I lived in Durham, every Sunday morning we'd pass by this food co-op on our way to church and the food co-op had this big sign, uh, this big fabric sign, just sort of draping out in front of it and waving. And caught, always caught my eye, and it said, all are welcome. <laughs> I mean, it was a grocery store. And then we drive on to the church, and at the church, they had it written in the order of worship. All are welcome. Now, we loved our church, but uh, when you went into the church and looked around, and then went into the food co-op and looked around. One of these communities looked more like the New Jerusalem than the other. <laughs> now we, we have, if you go on our website, you see it right there emblazoned in the top ribbon, right over the photograph of the dome. And it's beautiful. It says, all are welcome here. Now, some, sometimes you hear that, or I hear it anyway, and I say, I don't know. I don't know if they really mean that. But I want you to know here, we mean it. And we've done that hard work to back it up. 
And just about the time that we gained our composure and got excited about telling the story, COVID hit. And ever since, I feel like we've been like a football team waiting in the wings, you know, right in the corridor, right before we come out in the field. We're just bouncing and we're just excited. And, you know, we're just shimmying and like some of the guys back there, you see them, they're just bouncing up and down. They got so much energy. They're ready to play. Enjoy the sports analogy while you can because I don't use them very often. (laughs) But don't you feel that energy? Like something's been... We've been sitting on something. Something's been backed up. Something's been surging in us, and there's, there's not been enough places for it to go because we've been cooped up at home, and, and, well, you know what we've been through. We're still going through it. But don't you feel it? The power, the energy that can yet emanate from this place because we mean it. We mean belonging here. Belonging includes welcome, it surpasses it. Belonging is the gospel in miniature. It means God with us and we with God. It means we belong to God and it calls us to confess that we belong to each other. Belonging includes welcoming. Welcoming is a wonderful part of hospitality. It's a gift from God. Belonging also includes inclusion and inclusion is a part of all this. Hospitality is an essential part of the Christian life. But if we're always doing the ones, if we're always the ones doing the welcoming and the including, something's off kilter. There's a power imbalance there. Because the one being included is being offered a grace, permission, if you will. Welcome. Now you have a place at the table. Okay. Whose table? Belonging humbles the powerful and lifts up the lowly and reveals how much we need each other in order to know God. Belonging means the table is ours. Not mine and you get to come. But if you don't come, there's going to be something about God I'll never know. And I won't be as much of who I was designed to be as I could have been. Belonging means, as Paul writes to the Romans, to laugh with those who laugh. With whom do we really laugh? When's the last time you really laughed, belly laughed? Who are you with? My first day at college, that night, I guess I had it in mind, maybe I'd go out and rush a fraternity or something. I didn't know what I was doing. I was even wetter behind the ears then than now. But that night, my roommate and my sweet mate, we just started talking, and then we started laughing. And then it was 3 a.m., and I never joined a fraternity. I knew who I belonged to. I knew my crew. How does church help us do that? Bring people who wouldn't otherwise be together to laugh at the same things. Our deepest laughter rises from a shared identity. We're on the same adventure together. We face the same vulnerabilities. The same things matter to us. We get it together. So we also weep with those who weep. When something breaks my heart, it breaks your heart too. 
And when life crushes one of us, the rest of us feel the weight of the tragedy and we help each other bear the burden. That's what belonging means. Happens in church all the time. Maybe church is the place where this happens the most, where we can count on it the most. When I'm in pain, are you in pain with me? Do you feel what I'm feeling, some of it at least? Do we belong to each other that much? 20 years ago yesterday, I was standing on the steps leading up to Ginner Park Baptist Church in Richmond. It was my first day of seminary, opening convocation. And I know we all have, if you're old enough to remember that day, you have a story. It's like the JFK assassination. You remember where you were. This is where I was. I overheard new classmates saying something about a terrorist attack. I hadn't yet seen the images of planes slicing into skyscrapers, but in contrast to the language I would hear from leaders and then and across the past 20 years, the president of my seminary, Tom Graves, opened the worship service with a prayer asking for strength and courage to overcome hatred with love. My formal theological education began with a prayer to love our enemies. This too is what belonging means. The same paragraph in scripture that calls us to laugh with those who laugh and weep with those who weep is the same paragraph that calls us to overcome evil with good. Where can you do all three in this community of belonging. Where does true belonging begin? Here? There. In the waters of baptism, when you rise up from the water, you hear these words, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and you are marked as Christ's own forever. But after you ascend the steps, Proceed to the changing room. Where does belonging continue after that? It continues in the intimacy of breaking bread together, whether at this table or at any other, and holding hands when we pray. In the sacred touch of baptismal remembrance or in the sign of the cross of ashes, in the vulnerability of our communion, of allowing our communion of believers to help us raise our children together and bury our dead, of confessing our sins, sharing our frustrations, and articulating our deepest hopes with those next to us in Bible study or in the pew, of putting ourselves in harm's way when we recognize a neighbor is already in harm's way, in the tenderness of forgiveness, of leaving vengeance to God, of feeding our enemies when they're hungry and giving them something to drink when they thirst. In a world bloodied by vengeance, in a nation brought to its knees by fear, in a community, this beautiful community we call home, that grapples day in and day out with how to be a commonwealth. Look what God 
has entrusted to us a little fragment, a little corner in the world where glimpses of a new heaven and a new earth come together in one place among one people. This is a new beginning. Do you feel it? After all we've been through, don't you long for it? The good news, we see this new beginning at the end of the story. This beautiful, never-ending story to which we all already belong.